Today on our show, reviews, spoilers, spoilers, and reviews. Reviews, reviews, and did I mention spoilers? What's up, guys? Welcome to Lords of the Polygon Table. I'm Robbie Palmer. I'm Dicky. Yo, yeah. We got Dicky coming back to us again as a guest host uh, from our other show, Couldn't Be Models. How you doing tonight, man? Not too bad. All right. We've got a spoilerific episode. It's going to be all reviews. It's going to be all awesome. We got some news for you guys, but fair warning, I'm just going to say it right now. Spoilers. We got spoilers for the latest episode of Game of Thrones: The Broken Man. We've got spoilers for Outcast. We got spoilers for Preacher. We got spoilers abound. Are you ready to dive into this? I am ready. All right, let's talk first about Game of Thrones, man. The the newest episode, The Broken Man, just came out, and I just had to get on here and drop a pod about this first minute. All right, even before the credits jump in, we've got in we've got the Hound back. Ah! I know, right? I, We've got the ah, halfbacks. I lost my shit, back. literally. I couldn't. Fucking I called I it. <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. I knew it was coming, but it was so great when I saw it take fruition. I knew this was coming. Uh, I I know totally. And what what I thought was really interesting about it was he seems to have joined sort of a, a, a almost a religious group, and I I, I recognized the leader. Uh, yeah, Ian but McShane. I can't remember. Ian Who McShane is, is his name. Okay. Is, was he from the show before? Because I thought I saw him in Game of Thrones. No, no. He's no? new oh. to the show. He's new to okay. the show. Um, famous actor. Don't ask me what he's been in because I'm drawing a blank right now. But he is the guy that actually went on a bunch of um, talk show circuits and alluded to a bunch of spoilers. He said that he was going to have a very short-lived uh, part on the show. And that he was going to be instrumental in bringing back a character that a lot of people thought was long since dead. And speculation was abound that it was the Hound. And boom! We got him. Goddamn right. Oh, man. That shit was so fucking hardcore, too. (laughs) Jumping to the uh, end of it, too. Basically, his story arc in it. And again, I'm I'm just going to say it once with each of these different segments that we're going to have here. Fucking spoilers. If you haven't seen it... Turn, turn this off. Go watch Game of Thrones. What are you doing with your lives? Seriously, I don't know. What, what are you doing with your lives? So spoilers for this episode of Game of Thrones. So he appears to have given up his violent lifestyle and trying to live a much more pious, a much more pacifist lifestyle. And religious, yes, but not faith militant. So we're not seeing this guy as, you know, one of the zealots that's taking over King's Landing as of late. But, you know, he's, he's trying to live more pious, more, you know, nonviolent. And what ends up happening? Three yep. guys from the Brotherhood Without Banners. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they are spo- the Brotherhood Without Banners. Which brings me to something else that I'm going to touch on in just one second. That makes me very excited for the possibility. But the Brotherhood Without Banners. Three guys show up there, slaughter everybody in the congregation, kill the um, pastor. Uh, I believe his name was Ray in the series. Yeah, hang that Jeez. motherfucker from the Hanged fucking yes. structure that they were building. And, and then 
the last thing you see, he grabs the axe. Fucking hound grabs an axe and starts heading off to take care of motherfucking business. Full that's on, so awesome. I spit on your grave attitude right there. And then, boom, cut to black. And I'm like, yes. Yes. And the thing Dude, was. I just spilled the cop, yes. The thing was, the whole time, this, uh, the, the, you said his name was Ray, I think, right? Yes. The leader. Um, he, he's sitting there telling the hound, you know, you don't have to be a murderer. You don't have to kill people. And, th- and that was the, this guy's whole thing was he was nonviolent. He was pacifist. He had a violent past. He goes through this whole story about a horrible thing that he did in his past. And I don't want to ruin the whole thing for you. So, you know, watch the episode. But, and then he, he talks about how he's been trying to redeem himself and how he's, uh, he's not violent anymore and that we don't have to be thieves. We don't have to be murderers. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to do all these horrible things. And then what happens is pacifism fucking gets him killed. And it, exactly. just shows, it just shows that fucking the hound, no matter how hard he fucking tries, he's just going to get sucked back into it anyway. Exactly. I'm paraphrasing um, the conversation that they're having here, but uh, Ray even approaches the hound and says, you know, violence – Spreading violence, the disease of violence, is not the cure. Mm-hmm. And the hound turns to him and says, yeah, but dying from the disease isn't the cure either. You won't even take up arms to defend yourself. Dying isn't the cure either. <laughs> it, it was just very poignant because you could see both sides of the argument too. You know, yeah, I, and I get what he was trying to say. It was just one of those situations where the hound was like, I really want to believe it. But I know it's not true. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. He has no illusions about the world that they live in. And, you know, noble to try to be a pacifist and preach this in the world of West or in the land of Westeros, you know, noble and I and very commendable. But unfortunately, that's not the climate that we live in right now. You know, with the Lannisters walking about, you got the Freys walking about and everything. You got fucking Ramsey Bolton sacking Winterfell yeah. <laughs> and everything. That's not the world we live in. So I. A commendable, and I'm I'm always one that's you know I'm never gonna preach violence for violence's sake, but in Westeros, dude, walk softly and carry like two big sticks and a mace and a crossbow and you know maybe a few daggers and a fucking and a fucking dire wolf. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Become the mother of dragons if you will. Goddamn. Yeah. So we got the hound back. Um. In other news and this, yeah. It when was I saw that, I just gotta say, when I saw that, I literally jumped out of my out of my seat. And as, started did as did I. As did I. I sent the text immediately. I'm like one minute in, and I just shit my pants. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, bitch. Uh, the thing that this kind of makes me excited, alluding to, is that seeing the three members of the Brotherhood without banners, one of them wearing a yellow cloak, which could have been Lemon Cloak which we haven't really seen in the series. He's a bigger character in the books, but we haven't seen him in the series, really. If we've got this going on, we got Brienne heading to the Riverlands, we got Jamie now in the Riverlands, um, taking over the siege of Riverrun. And by the way, we also got the Blackfish back. Fuck yes. But with all of these things lining up, it makes me optimistic that we might have been lied to yet again, and we might see um, a certain lady that has a stone heart I don't know. We may or may not see the reanimated corpse of Catelyn Tully. I don't know. It could happen. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but it makes me optimistic. So I, I guess we're just going to have to sit back, wait and see. Um, what else happened? Uh, Sansa. Seeing Sansa, John, and Davos going around to some of the other great houses in the north trying to rally their support was just so fucking tits. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, seeing um, Lyanna Mormont sitting there. 
And just hearing that girl read that line from the letter that we know so well, we know no king but the king in the north whose name is Stark. And I'm like, fuck yes. Oh my god, it was so worth watching the show just to hear that line being read. And she was Yeah, she was she was fucking hardcore and like a really impressive fucking actress for being Mm -hmm. like must have been like ten years old, tops. Yeah. Oh my god. It was absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Just so everybody knows, I, I just want to share this. I just sent Palmer a text of uh, a half-naked picture of Hobart. <laughs> well, considering Hobart's never been on this show, they're probably not going to know Hobart. But if oh, he's uh, our if other, you decide our to other jump host. over and listen to Couldn't Be Models, you'll know Hobart. Oh, you'll know Hobart. You'll know him oh, well. Oh, no, you'll, you'll know Hobart. <laughs> oh, no, Hobart. Uh, so we got Sansa and... Uh, Jon Snow and Davos trying to uh, unite the North against them, against the Boltons. Uh, I have to jump right to it because I I jumped out of my seat with fright at the scene. Uh, This is something that happens toward the end of the episode. Have to jump to it, man. Arya books passage on a ship to get back to Westeros. All right, so we're finally getting Arya back in Westeros. We're all happy. And if you've been following the series, you know that she betrayed the Faceless Men. She wants oh, to yeah. leave their order. She wants to go back over. She wants to go back home. She wants to take up her mantle. She wants to fight, man. And the waif, that silly, silly waif with a different face, approaches her and says, Sweet girl, we turn. The camera's focusing on this little old lady walking over. We know what's coming. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. knife comes out. Arya, ganked three times in the gut, launches oh, yeah. herself over the bridge. I'm sitting there like, No, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Arya, we riot, man. <laughs> I was sitting there. As soon as I saw the old lady look at her, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what? With the sunken in eyes, I almost thought for a second that it was going to be a warlock from Karth. I'm like, we haven't seen the fucking warlocks in a while. They're not very important. Obviously, these people don't care about shit. But why would they be going after Arya anyway? And then I'm like, oh, no. The faceless men. The wave. Mm-hmm. No! And it happened, man. Ganked three times. Oh, yeah. At least as of right now, Arya's still alive. And I'm optimistic, but this is Game of Thrones. They killed Rob. They killed the Red Viper. Yeah, well, but it, it seems to be a trend that, that when they kill somebody off, they fucking just do it. You know, they, it doesn't, like, they don't wander off and, like, carry on for a little while and then just die. True, true. So, and, I mean, you know, we of did course... S- we did see some um, footage of Arya in next week's episode, and it looks like she's jumping off of a parapet. So she must not have been that bad if she's making giant, you know, acrobatic leaps and whatnot. So I'm yeah. optimistic, but oh man, I, my heart leaped out of my chest. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, no, don't kill Maisie. Oh yeah, as soon as I saw her go in the water, I'm like, fuck, she's gonna fucking come up and she's going to be fucking floating and yep. she's going to be fucking dead. Yep. But fortunately that's not what happened at least not yet. So awesome. I mean of course Railroad always fucking he likes to fucking play games with us so you never know. You really but, don't. You never know. One thing that's annoying me so far this season. What was the point of the Sand Snakes? We saw that they took over Dorne and we've heard hide nor hair from them since. Well, I mean that's kind of like what happened with uh with Bran when he went up uh, when he went beyond the wall. You know, he went up beyond the wall, fucking, he arrived there, and then all of a sudden we didn't hear shit from him for the for the entire next season. Yeah, so, but I mean, that I'm actually not made saying, sense. Yeah. That made sense I mean, because he's training with the Three-Eyed Raven, not to mention they were trying to drag it out so that Railroad Martin could catch the books back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
they were trying to. But the Sand Snakes, come on, they've, they've jumped so far away from the novels at this point that it, it, why do that if you're not going to go somewhere with it? What's well, your point? I think, What's your end game? I think that uh, um, I think it may have just been up to this point we haven't heard anything from them and that we're going to be getting a lot more soon. Uh, because, like, I mean, this entire episode we heard nothing from Bran. We mm-hmm. heard nothing from uh, Daenerys Targaryen or, you know, any of the right. other... You know, right. this was this was mostly focused, I think, on pre- both preparing to fight Ramsey uh, Ramsey Bolton, and then also fucking Arya's story, and yes. then the Hound, of course, bringing him back. Right, right. I mean, it was relatively centralized on that. So, um, other storyline: Marjorie Terrell. So we're seeing how she's under the yoke of the Faith Militant. You know, we're seeing the High Sparrow basically. Assuming control of the crown, trying to um, expel Lady o, um, Olivia, no, not Olivia, Olena, Olena Redwine, mm-hmm. the Queen of Thorns from the kingdom and whatnot. So we're seeing her fighting back so much, and then you just hear a piece of paper that's crumpled up being slipped into Olena Redwine's hand, the Queen of Thorns' hand, and she looks down, and it's a rose. I'm like, yes, Marjorie's playing mm-hmm. this shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. fuck yeah, That's man. I mean, Take down she had stuff. me worried. She had me worried for a minute, but... If there's anybody I that's going to play this game, it's her. Yeah, and but then also, I figured that when... I remembered when she talked to her... When she went to talk to her brother in his cell... Yeah. Um, and she was telling him, come on, we could fight this. You know, if we don't, if we don't fight this, they're going to win. So it was, it was really clear that she still had the desire to rebel against them. And then right, he was right. like, you know, he said, fight it. You know, I just want it to be fucking over. So it was I, – I, I was getting the sense that maybe she had turned, but I was still pretty, pretty sure that – Yeah, pretty optimistic that she was holding her ground. She was just being smart about it. And but, that turns out to be what's going on. I think At it's pretty obvious think. that Tommen's turned, though. Tommen's oh, yeah, gone yeah. full Baylor he's, the Blessed here. He's he's a fucking I don't know. He's a dipshit. <laughs> he's so young though, you know. Yeah. In the books, he's like supposed to be seven, something like that. He's got a cat named Sir Pounce. Come on, dude. Sir Pounce. Sir That's Pounce. Awesome. This is the. <laughs> but the best part of the episode was to hear the Queen of Thorns verbally smack down Cersei. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Oh, so quick. <laughs> She's sitting there saying something to the effect of. You've got thousands of enemies around you. Nobody respects you. The High Sparrow sent your brother away. Your family's abandoned you. You have no one. You've lost. <laughs> I love that. And she's like, and that is the only thing in this whole like whole time of misery that I can actually take comfort in is that you finally fucking lost. Oh my god, that was such a that great was great. Scene. It was a great scene. So where would you rank this episode? Oh fuck, it, it was definitely really. It was. Awesome, definitely. I mean, just the the revelation that the hound is alive, like we, like me and you both thought, finally, fucking finding that out for sure yes, is, yes. was worth that. That alone is fucking awesome. And but then everything more, else, more proof that we great. that we're going to be heading toward Clegane Bowl. More yeah. proof that we're heading that way. Um, the hound versus the mountain. I cannot wait to see this. You know it's coming. We're oh, calling yeah. especially this right now, 2016. We're calling especially this. the hound. The hound versus fucking Franken Mountain. Yes. Like, yes, <laughs> that's that's gonna be even. Oh my god, insane. Oh, I cannot wait for this. All right, so um, let's see what else do we got here. Let's jump over to another show that we uh, checked out, Outcast. Based on the comic book by Robert Kirkman, I've read the first volume of that. I still need to pick up the rest of them. 
fantastic book. It's about uh, demonic possession and a very broken man. I am such a terrible fucking nerd, man. I did not even know that Cinemax was making this into a show. I did not know this. And I'm sitting here. I've got the comics sitting right next to my bed. All right. I did not know about this. And then all of a sudden I see this on the PSN. I just see an advertisement for it. I'm like, are, are you kidding me now? I right? suck at life. <laughs> I suck at my job. What, what the fuck is wrong with me? So checked it out. Cinemax is doing this whole viral campaign where they not only dropped all the trailers, but the first episode several weeks early for free on YouTube. You can watch it right now. And this section, spoilers for the first episode of Outcast. I loved it. I loved it. It went hard, man. Yeah. This, I mean, if you think fucking, if you think that he went like, he was, I don't know, he was going dark with fucking uh, Walking Dead. You haven't, you seen, haven't shit. seen nothing yet. This this is fucking episode one, episode one, and it's dark as fuck. Like almost the whole time. It really is. You've got yeah. a demonically possessed kid. You've got a demonically possessed mother. You're seeing this broken shell of a man, and you're seeing this preacher that's pretty fucking awesome, trying to you know help this family out. But you know he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's trying with these exorcisms, but it's obvious that he doesn't know what's going on, and Oh my god, without giving too much away, when he cuts his hand and you find out that his blood boils out the darkness of these demons, and you're like, what's what's going on here? I mean, I'm not too deep in the oh, yeah. comics, so I don't know, you know, how much may have been explained up to this point, because it's ongoing, and there's, I think, three volumes out in trade paperback right now. Heavily recommend you pick these up. But I, it's also a fairly, um, fairly decent adaptation to the comics. I mean, it's, it's pretty faithful. It doesn't go off way in left field. It doesn't stick completely true to the source material, but close enough. A lot closer than a lot of other things. You know, I mean, Walking Dead, you know, kind of went off in left field pretty quickly and then started to head back into the comics. Preacher, which is another show that we're going to be talking about, very different from the comics. But this one is a pretty faithful adaptation, and I'm, I'm thrilled that this is on a network like Cinemax where they can do shit like this right. Yeah, totally. You know? I mean, I, I can't speak for the comics because I haven't read the comics. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll probably pick it up eventually, like, if it, if it shows up in the library. I pick up my comics from the library because I'm poor. But <laughs> you do what you got to do to get hey, your comic fix, bro. Goddamn you do what right. You if, do. Right now I'm reading um, the, the comical tragedy or the tragical comedy of Mr. Ed? Oh, fuck. Yes, Mr. Head. Uh, Neil Gaiman, right? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Sorry. Yes. But yeah, fucking, and that shit's fucking hardcore. But like, Neil I mean, Gaiman's a hard writer, man. Oh, he's awesome. It's Sandman alone. Fuck. Oh yeah. Legend. Love it. Legend. But getting back to Outcast. Yeah. I the acting in this is also spectacular. You know, I I cannot say enough about this show. It it's one of those shows where you can't really even talk about it too much without just dropping words like awesome and dark and hardcore. It's so hard to really give a lot of the plot, but basically it's about demonic possession and a man that suffered through uh, the ramifications of having one of his parents possessed by a demon as a kid and eventually ended up burning that demon out of his mother. And his mother ended up, by the looks of it, just being completely debilitated due to what he did to her, trying to get the demon out. Yeah, and she's like a total now, vegetable. Exactly. She's comatose at this point. And it's also apparent that uh, there was some sort of 
abuse with his wife and child later on in life and then we're led to you know we're led to believe that he hurt his kid and whatnot and we see only a couple of flashbacks to this time and you find out that that probably is not actually so it turns out Mm -hmm. that his wife was possessed by a demon as well which begs the question why why is this happening to him why does he seem to be a target why Mm -hmm. is it that it seems like everybody around him is being afflicted what is yeah, and that's that's like his his main concern too. He's actually been living in a basically a life of isolation uh, for I don't know how long a long time. I know that it was yeah. at least a, like a year. I think at, or something at, like a that. year at minimum. At yeah, minimum. but fucking uh, yeah, he's you know he's super depressed. His his uh, adopted sister comes in and fucking uh, buys him like a cell phone and a bunch of groceries and shit, and tries kind of tries to lift his spirits, brings him over to her to her house, fucking uh, just just trying to. To make him happy because um, I can't remember what it was. They said he did something for her. They didn't specify what it was. <laughs> See, that's the thing. This this episode, I, I mean, like any first episode, it's going to raise a fucking ton of questions for you and answer very, very few. Exactly. But that's any good first episode. So, I mean, that's what's going to keep you coming back. Agreed. And, and you know what? I think Cinemax me. crushed it as far as wanting people to come back because I'm seeing nothing but good things all over the internet about this show. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. My, biggest, my biggest fear about it is the staying power because uh, it went hard, but yeah. can they keep it up? Exactly. That's yeah, that's going to be the hardest part is, is trying to continually – or continually, like, not necessarily shock – but maybe surprise the audience and uh, right. like keep keep them keep them interested because I mean yeah this this first episode it was I mean literally when I watched it I put up a, a status update on Facebook about it and the only thing that I could say was hard fucking core and it's true that's I the mean, best you can say about this yeah. show it's fucking and, awesome and it's got the mystery all right it's got the horror element of it and the only thing that gives me um, I don't know, optimism, I guess, is the best word that I can use for it, for the staying power of this show, is it's on a pay channel, uh, a subscription channel network, mm-hmm. being Cinemax. You know, so typically speaking, seasons for these channels are far shorter. You know, where you've yeah. got shows like Once Upon a Time at 20 to 22 episodes a year. You know, you've got shows like Game of Thrones at 10 episodes per year. Which but is can have excruciating a, for I me. I know. <laughs> but you know what? The budgets can be much higher, and they can mm-hmm. also get away with far more. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They can get away with so much more. And a subject matter like this could be done on a channel like AMC or FX, but I'm happy that it found its home yeah. on Cinemax where it can go as deep as it needs to go. You yeah, know? this definitely it, – it wouldn't have been – I don't think it would have been as good. I, I mean it, it, it would have been good, but – I would have watched it and I would have loved it, but this right. is so much better just because of the freedom that they have. Exactly. Exactly. So that's yet another comic adaptation that it's must it's must viewing. You know, mm-hmm. this one I'm going to give people a little bit of a pass on. You know, not everybody loves horror as much as we do. So if they don't want to check this one out, we understand. We're but if you like horror. But if you're in, gonna, if you like horror, you have no fucking you're gonna excuse. You're going to fucking love you have it. No I mean, excuse. I'm the type of person I have, I have a hell of a time finding something that's satisfying in a horror movie. It's, it's yes. not easy anymore. I mean, fuck. After growing up, growing up in the '90s, you've seen just about, you know, just about all the, all the fucking crazy shit you're going to see in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And this, 
this just kind of, to me, it totally reinvented uh, a possession horror movie. You know what yes. I mean? Like demonic possession. Yes. And I thought that was fucking awesome. You know, once you go to the level of having a courtroom drama about demonic possession, which I thought that they did so well with the exorcism of Emily Rose, mm. then you've got the found footage genre where they did it well, and now you're now you're in the level of super saturation with it. They've found a way to reinvent this. Yeah. You know, I... I and it's not even reinventing the wheel because it's based on the comic book. So we all credit goes to Kirkman, who also wrote the teleplay oh, yeah. for the first episode. All credit goes to Kirkman. So I mean, I'm very happy. I'm very impressed. I'm just I'm so upset that I watched it like two days after it dropped on YouTube because I had to I have to wait so much longer for the series to come out because the what? series is, is it not I, out yet? I think it's out right now. I think it okay. actually came out tonight. Which means that we've got to wait another week to see what happens. I saw this episode over a week ago. I saw. This I literally watched it last night. So well, fuck you, then. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to the next one. And again, spoilers. Yet another adaptation that I've been personally so excited about. So excited to see what they were going to do with this. Preacher has come to AMC. I watched. Um, I watched. I didn't watch the entire first episode. I watched some of the first episode. Hmm. And, I mean, I thought it was okay. I just thought it was weird. You know what I mean? Like, I think weird, if I... Weird describes Preacher in all of its incarnations. Yeah. I mean, it's very it's very comic book-ish. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like... Like, they say... All right, Kevin Smith has said many, many times that watching an episode of The Flash is essentially the same as reading a comic book of The Flash. Yes. Yes. And that's, I think, what is the same thing here. This is, it's the same thing as reading a comic book, which is why it's so weird. And it's, for me, was a little hard to digest watching it on on television. But, I mean, like I said, I didn't finish the episode. So, you know, I, well, I don't know. First I'm going to finish, finish the episode. Yeah, first oh, yeah. off, finish the episode. Sure. Um, have you ever read Preacher? I have not. Okay. I have, and I also made the mistake of rereading the first volume of it because there's six volumes in trade paperback out right now. I made the mistake of reading of rereading the first volume, getting into Preacher because I was so excited. And you know what? I was at first disappointed and then optimistic about this episode because there is a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences between the show and the comic. The the bones are there. You've got Jesse Custer, who is a faithless preacher preaching down in a bumpkin town in the middle of Texas. Okay. And essentially he gets ultimately uh, afflicted by this. We don't really know what it is yet as far as the TV show, but comic readers will know this as a the spawn, the um, the outcome of a relationship between an angel, an archangel, mind you, and a demon. And this entity is called Genesis. And it was released by a couple of lower-level angels on accident. It broke free of its celestial prison and attached itself to a living organism that had a strong connection to God. Which is interesting because Jesse Custer is a faithless preacher at this point. Now, this is a difference between the show and this uh, comic series. In the show, it immediately goes to Jesse, joins with him, and essentially nukes everybody that's in his congregation so that he is the only survivor. That's not how it happens in the TV show. It first starts out with uh, 
jumping into a missionary in the middle of Africa, then a uh, satanic cult temple in Russia, then kills Tom Cruise in California. And that was fucking hysterical to me. Okay, How wait, Tom is, Cruise spontaneously combusted. Is it actually Tom Cruise? Yes. Rewatch Holy the episode. Shit. Watch That's the That's awesome. Tom Cruise spontaneously <laughs> combusts. <laughs> he's, he's the chosen one of Scientology. And then eventually links itself with Jesse Custer. Now, my wife, who has also read it and is a huge fan of Preacher, she was a little bit disappointed with the depiction of Genesis because it was just, you know, invisible. But at the same time, I think it would be so weird to see this blue pulsing blob with a baby's face on it jumping into somebody. It works in comic form, not so much in TV form. That would certainly be weird. For everybody out there that was disappointed with Genesis and, you know, it didn't have the baby aspect, rewatch the episode and listen to the first 30 seconds because you see it from outer space, you will hear a baby's cry. Hmm. That's the nod to Genesis, okay? Um, Cassidy, the actor that they got to play Cassidy, I've seen him in The Misfits, and I, I could not be more happy. Cassidy, a vampire, an Irish vampire, several hundred years old, so excited to see this guy. And I know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding the other main character of Tulip. Because in the comic books, Tulip is a blonde woman who has a lot of goodness in her, who tries to take up a job as a contract killer, but kind of sucks at it because she doesn't really want to kill anybody. She acts harder than she actually is. And that's part of the redeeming qualities of Tulip. Now, the first the first thing that people are having an issue with is the fact that they switched races on Tulip. It's now being played by a black woman, which I personally don't have that big of an issue with. I, I'm sorry, I just don't. You know, I I understand that it was originally written for a blonde white woman. I don't have that big of an issue if they want to switch the races. I, I didn't think it was that essential to the character. I think that it probably would have worked better if they switched Jesse's race to be a black man. But I, I, just, I guess I just didn't care that much about it. The part that I cared the most about is they seemed to switch up Tulip's personality and it pissed me off at first because tulip now seems much more hard-boiled much more i'm a kill a bitch i'm a blow shit up and everything as opposed to reluctantly doing that and i was upset and kind of pissed off about it until i see homegirl macgyver herself a bazooka out of cans of tomatoes and take down a chopper what yes <laughs> yes nice yes. yeah see i mean well i mean as far as the whole switching the race type of thing goes normally i don't i don't usually care about that i i i prefer it if they um if they stick to how it's supposed to be you know what i mean usually but again if it depends on the character i mean some characters it really doesn't matter like iris from um I was just telling you before we started the podcast that I was watching uh, the old Flash. Yeah. And it showed that uh, this is from 1991. And uh, it showed Iris. And Iris in this was a white chick, you know, Mm. 90s white chick. So, okay. And then Iris in the new show is a black chick. So that didn't matter at all. Made no difference to me. I didn't even know because I don't really read the comic. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. West and then ultimately Wally West. You know, I... I mm-hmm. had zero issue with this whatsoever, with that. But sometimes it, it bothers me. And it's not so much because of the effect that it has on 
the uh, on the story. But a lot of times it's because I think because of the motivation behind doing that. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that that irritates me. Yeah, I get that. I, mean, I get that. It's just I mean it just shows the only reason that that person is there is because they're black. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that bothers me. But if the if the actor's good, different story. If the actor's good for the part, different story. And you that's where I mean? and that's where I turned on a dime. To me it became a different tulip. And ultimately it was because of tulip, not even the plot of what's been happening so far in Preacher, which is quite different than the comics. But the personality of Tulip has ultimately turned this into a completely different story for me. So even though it is not a already not a completely faithful adaptation to the original source material, they've got me in. I didn't love it, but I definitely really liked it, and I, I'm definitely in for this season. I want to see where they go with Preacher. I really want to see where they're going to go with this. It didn't oh, yeah. have me immediately sucked in like Outcast did. It didn't bring me it doesn't have me, you know, salivating at the mouth like Game of Thrones does, but I'm definitely in for Preacher. I'm very happy with what I saw. I just wished it was closer to the comics that I grew up reading. But at the same time, it's going to be so it would be almost impossible to have a Preacher TV show stick to the source material perfectly. Because mm-hmm. it is such a convoluted story. You know, all I'm going to say is I hope they bring in the grandma and the Saint of Killers. That's all I'm saying. And the Saint of Killers is already confirmed, so I'm not worried about that. Well, I mean, like, it's it's a really difficult thing to uh, for a television show to stick, uh, to, to um, really follow a comic book. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way things are set up, how differently things are set up for each medium. Right. And I mean, you know... So a lot of times it's forgivable. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it makes me want to say, you know, you shouldn't have even tried. Agreed. You know? Agreed. But I mean, there are cert- certain certain circumstances. But every now and then, man, you fucking strike gold. And Outcast definitely did. And I mean, uh, at least for the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, Preacher, from what you're saying sounds pretty good. I mean, it sounds like it, it's, it may stick around and I'm, yes, I'm definitely yes. going to give it more of a chance now that I'm hearing your, uh, your, I guess, review of it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And you know what? You really should give it a chance. You know, um, executive producer, Seth Rogen, you know, I, no shit. Yeah. You didn't realize that. No, I didn't even notice that. That's Seth awesome. Rogen. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, stoned as hell. Sure. But good as hell. Uh, lots of times total sense now why it is the way it is yes (laughs) exactly exactly yeah so i mean like i said it's it's not it's not perfect to the source material but it's definitely a good adaptation it's almost like in a few episodes maybe by the time the season is done is where the comics will pick up to a degree because, I mean, the whole cataclysm where the church gets nuked happens in the first issue of the comic series. God. It would be amazing if that's what happened at the finale of the season. You know what I mean? And then from oh, there yeah. on in, you just go hard. Because, I mean, in, in the comics, we've got serial killers. We've got religious zealots. We've got the devil. You know, we've never seen a more blasphemous comic Ever. So, okay, okay so the comic. And this is still, like, probably the most blasphemous comic I've ever read. What, um, what, uh, comics company is this? Is this, like, DC, Marvel, or is uh, this Vertigo. more of a, oh, Vertigo? That's, yeah. that's DC related, yeah? Yeah, it's a DC okay. subsidiary. Uh, let me double check on that. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm actually sitting here with it uh, next to me right now. It's Vertigo. Uh, same company that gave us Why the Last Man and Sandman. And yes, that is a DC series. And iZombie. And iZombie, yes. Which is a phenomenal show. Question. Yes. Did they, did they cancel that? Not as far as I know. Because I was looking for it. I, I have, um, I have uh, prime time shows on demand on my cable plan. And uh, one of the things on there is CW, and that's one of the ways that I, I watch The Flash sometimes. Um, and I was looking for new episodes of iZombie, and I couldn't even find iZombie listed there. So really? it was like I was like, what the hell, you know? So I was wondering if you knew anything about that. It makes me nervous because I love that fucking show. That's because it's a great show. Oh yeah, totally. Um, checking it out right now. I Zombie canceled. See, that's another one though that it from I read um, some of the comic, and from what I read, it did not follow the comic. Like not ever. at all. And I, I by the way, I just checked it out. Izombie was not canceled, renewed for season three. Okay, good. Thank so God. we're safe with Izombie. <laughs> we're safe. But no, Izombie, basically the only parallel that it has is the appearance of the main character and the fact that it's called Izombie. That's pretty mm-hmm. much it. But again, a great show. A very, oh, yeah. very good totally. show. Um, let's jump over to the season finale of The Flash. Oh, Fucking loved Holy it. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I am a huge fan of the Flash oh, TV series. Oh, goddamn. Dude, I will but, suck the Flash's dick all night long. Oh, that came dude, off wrong. I was talking about the show, not the character. <laughs> oh, dude, you drop and give Grant Guster 20. As would I. As would most self-respecting comic book fans. I would much prefer to lay with Caitlin Snow, but I'll suck off Grant Guster if need be. Anything to get me close to the Speed Force, my friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I've got to say, get it. I, that's how it happens. That's you milk the fast cow. <laughs> run, Robbie, run. I'm like, hong, 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 hong. But I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of the Flash TV show. I bawled my eyes out probably more than Kevin Smith did at the finale last year. But the last three episodes of this season have just gone so hard for me. Start, uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, the third to last episode, The Good Dinosaur, Mm-hmm. Had me sitting there as a new dad myself, you know, I'm just sitting there blubbering, especially when uh, he and his mom are reading that story back and forth and everything. Uh, how the Speed Force takes the form of all these other people in Barry's life, basically to let him know that, you know, you have to be okay with loss before you can go forward. That's the only way that you're going to be able to utilize this power. And oh, yeah. just seeing Barry ultimately almost completely broken, being like, I've I've given up so much of so much for this shit. You know, I've saved countless people and I fucking died. All right. I gave my fucking life for this and it's still not enough. What the fuck, man? And just mm-hmm. seeing the speed force personified and ba- for the record, they ripped a uh, bit of that dialogue completely from Sandman. No shit. Completely from Sandman. Uh, when the speed force went, I believe it was when uh, it was in the form of Joe West made the comment about how it was there at the beginning and when the last molecule ceases to uh, vibrate. Yes, I remember them saying that in in The Sandman, now that you mentioned it. Yes, that was actually the first storyline where death was introduced. Mm -hmm. So that was basically taken right from Neil Gaiman. You know, good artists borrow, great artists steal. That's all I'm saying. And you know what? It fit fucking perfectly. And it, it, it had me, man. It had my fucking heart. And also to see Jason Mewes in that episode. That's my oh, mom's great. car! 
<laughs> that was awesome. And that so <laughs> sounded like something you would say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but enough, enough sucking Kevin Smith's dick on that episode. Let's talk about the finale, man. Because the implications of what this episode set up is astronomical. Oh, yeah. It's, Absolutely it's, astronomical. No idea what's going to happen with this now. Exactly. So after Zoom killed Barry's dad... Did I need to say spoilers? How many times have I fucking said spoilers on this episode? Yeah, goddamn it. If, if you didn't know it was coming, fuck you, all right? Deal with it, people. It's network fucking television. Now. So, <laughs> Zoom kills Barry's dad. Let it sink in. It happened. Oh, yeah. Barry, Who, by the way, I just want to say, is played by the Flash from the 1991 series. Exactly, man. Everything comes full circle. just want to throw that out there. Everything comes full circle, including that statement. <clears throat> Barry basically goes fucking apeshit and Zoom challenges him to a race, which we know has other, you know, hidden agendas tied to it, i.e. powering up this essentially multiverse bomb. See, the whole idea of this race is to power up this weapon, which is going to obliterate all the other realities and leaving only the prime reality. What blows my mind about this is that this entire time, Zoom has just acted like the biggest fucking punk bitch in the entire fucking world. Agreed. Through this, through this whole fucking season, he's just been punk bitch, punk bitch, punk bitch, and then he's like, oh yeah, I'm the best, I'm the best. Nobody calls him out for being a fucking coward in the whole show. Nobody says it. Why not? You know, that right would have been that. my first right thing to say. I would have been, I would have been calling him out right from the get go. Like you're a fucking punk ass bitch. You got to use these fucking Good call. use these mortals to fucking you know as leverage because you can't fucking handle it yourself. Good call. So he challenges Barry to a race. Team Flash is like, ah, uh, no. And just to make sure that Barry, you know, doesn't fall victim to this, locks him up. Which, to be honest with you, I'm on board with. I thought that was a mm -hmm. good move, personally. Oh, yeah, We also yeah. find out who the man in the Iron Mask is. And it is the doppelganger of his dad. I, I totally fucking the guessed The Flash, <laughs> played by the Flash from 1991. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Awesome. The real this Jay whole time, real Jay This whole time, I thought it was fucking the, another doppelganger of Zoom's. I thought it was uh, his doppelganger from Earth-1. And um, that was what I was thinking. Earth-1, he actually killed. Yeah, see, what I was thinking was that he said he killed him, and he just didn't. Mm -hmm. And he was actually keeping him prisoner. See, I was expecting something completely out of left field. I was actually expecting a different DC character. Mm. I was expecting someone akin to Aquaman or something, you know, for them to bring in that. But oh, I'm yeah. not complaining. I'm not bitching. I am happy with what has happened. I am totally happy with that. So we find out who the man in the Iron Mask is. Barry, and it's not DiCaprio. It is not DiCaprio. <laughs> Barry does end up getting out. The race takes place. I'm jumping right ahead because I want to wrap up talking about this episode to get onto the implications of what this actually means. Barry uh, ends up going through the race, creates a um, speed double. So now there's two flashes. Ends up winning. The other flash ends up sacrificing himself basically to supercharge and overload the machine so that all the other mul um, multiverse is safe. That's fucking awesome. Absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Totally. So what ends up happening at this point, because they're messing with time and because they're messing with reality, the uh, time wraiths show up, which kind of look like the Dementors from Harry Potter, like they you do. They do, a lot. And this part was awesome. As they're ripping apart Zoom, D 
did you see the lightning bolt on the helmet? Because we saw an image of Black Flash, bro. No shit. We're gonna be we're gonna be seeing uh, Hunter Solomon a little bit more, I think, because we saw some Black Flash there. So, flash forward probably about five minutes. They're all having their celebration party at uh, at the uh, West House. You know, everything's cool. Iris professes her love for Barry. You know. I want to give this a shot. Personally, I don't really see a lot of the chemistry between the two of them. I think they're much better as friends. I kind of missed Eddie, but mm. that's just my personal opinion. That's neither here nor there. She professes the love, and Barry, you know, understandably so, considering his dad just died, kind of gives her the, you know, I'm just not there right now, dismount. Rushes off. I want Patty Spivet back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I want her back, goddammit. Me too. So, where does he go, though? Rushes back to the past and, and ends up saving his, his mom. mom. Yeah. Now, and the touching part is, the touching thing, we see Barry from last season, the one that was hiding in the corner watching things unfold. And mm-hmm. just a tribute to Grant Gustin as an actor, just seeing that little sigh of relief with that little half smile on his face. And, you know, you, he's just like, oh, my God, everything's changed before he pulls a Back to the Future and just evaporates out of existence. So essentially, the Barry Allen that we've been following for the last two years is now dead. He's been blinked from existence at this point. Considering what happened, he's gone. We're now following a different Barry. The paradoxes in this show are fucking insane. They astound me. (laughs) Like, I I still don't really get the, um, what was it, the time double you said, right? When yeah, he goes back yeah. in time and he makes a double of himself, I don't get. I mean, it, it must be the future one is the one that dies because if it was the past one, he would die, right? I mean, that's that's the only yes, way that makes any sense to me. Accurate. I believe that is accurate. I believe the way it worked is, I don't know, man. I mean, this is we're jumping into theoretical physics mm-hmm. here at this part. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy show. But if you want me to try <laughs> to go down this rabbit hole here. I believe what happened is he went so fast, jumped back in time, created the double that ran right alongside him, mm-hmm. and I believe the one that went back in time is the one that ended up sacrificing himself because by going back in time, he altered the stream of – he altered what would have happened anyway. So mm-hmm. he ultimately would have ended up dying anyway. That's what I believe was the implication. What's killing me though is now with with the what happened with his mother and that he saved his mother is his mother dying was the thing that created him, wasn't it? I yes. mean, he wouldn't Ultimately. have become the Flash without his mother dying. That's right. Which brings me to the point that I was so excited about talking about the Flashpoint paradox. Oh god. Oh god. We're getting please. Flashpoint because this oh, is, please do that. <laughs> this is essentially what ended up happening in the comics. All right, Flashpoint Paradox. Barry Allen goes back, changes some shit in the past, and has huge fucking ramifications throughout the entire DC universe. Mm-hmm. Okay? First off, the Flash never was. So Barry Allen no longer has his powers. You know what? what was it Wally West? Was that Barry Allen and Flashpoint, or was it Wally West? I'm pretty sure it was Barry Allen. All right. But well, at least for now, we'll say it was Barry Allen. I, yeah. We're sorry to any ardent fans of the comics out there. If we mess that up, we sincerely apologize. But I won't mess up a lot of this other stuff. Other things that ended up changing. Bruce Wayne died in Crime Alley. Yeah. 
Fucking yeah. Oh my god. Thomas Dad becomes Wayne. Batman. <laughs> Thomas Wayne picks up yeah. the mantle and becomes Batman. And Martha Wayne becomes the fucking Joker. Fucking A right, man. Also, in this continuity, Superman never drops down to Earth. Superman was never on Earth. And Wonder Woman's city and the Lord of Atlantis, Mr. Aquaman himself, are at war. And the Flash has no powers. And to think that all this shit happened because he went back and changed one little fucking thing. Butterfly, you know what I mean? man. We saw it's that Ashton Kutcher. We know what happens. Right. Eventually, you have no legs. Eventually, you're <laughs> doing kids on a skateboard. I have no legs. I have no legs. Oh, God, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I just did that. No, but I did that. the idea. I need that happen to you. The idea that they could bring Batman into a fucking CW show exactly is so fucking. I mean, I'm such a huge Batman fan. I want Gotham is good, but I want a fucking Batman series. And that's the I thing. I want it. I know that they are trying to have you know a strict difference between the films and the TV series. All right, but first off, they've already decided that they're gonna make Flash into their movie verse okay so by that logic why can't they bring batman into the tv verse exactly I, I understand the differences between them and i understand their reservation on wanting to do so but for flashpoint paradox i think it works and here's why it's not bruce wayne it's thomas wayne mm -hmm. the joker it, we don't need to worry about stepping on the toes of like heath ledger or anything like that or jared leto if he actually ends up being good for suicide squad because it's Martha Wayne. It's a Joker that we've not seen. Mm -hmm. It's Girl Joker. Yeah. And we're not talking Harley. We're talking Girl Joker. So I think that they would be – I think that CW would be retarded not to do that. Okay? And it would give us an opportunity to see an Aquaman or a um, Wonder Woman on the TV series as well. I highly doubt they're going to go that route. All right? Because they've already got Arrow and his team, and they've already got the Legends. You know, we've mm -hmm. got the Rogues and everything. So I mean they've got a they've got a vast pool to play with. All I'm saying is this opens the door comics continuity wise to having these things in here. I mean we we're now living in a world where we've seen King Shark on TV, we've seen Gorilla Grodd on TV, and done relatively well. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Even if you're not a fan of the storyline and the episodes, they're done relatively well. They still have a lot of heart in those episodes. Mm -hmm. And the look we're, is fucking amazing. It really That's, is. That's the, this. I mean, this truly. This is the best time in our lives to be able to have something like this on yes. TV yes. because our visual effects at this point are so fucking advanced that it looks like there is a fucking walking shark on your fucking TV. Like it doesn't yes. look like a fucking cartoon. It doesn't no, it look doesn't. like a guy in a fucking suit. It <laughs> looks like he's really fucking standing there, yes. and that's that's fucking awesome to me. I I'm blown away by. It. I really am. So. All I'm saying is that it opens the door to the possibility. And CW was very, very hesitant to allow Deathstroke to be on Arrow. Oh, mm -hmm. well, we don't want to have a character with the word death in his name. So what did Berlanti and Kreisberg do? They basically wrote them into a corner to where the only logical conclusion was to bring in Deathstroke. That's mm -hmm. the way these guys operate. By writing in Flashpoint, they're starting to take those couple of steps to the wall for the CW. So CW oh, yeah. should learn yeah. from their past mistakes and just be like, dude, do whatever you want. Fuck yeah. you. Do what Take you want. all <laughs> the money. Take all the money. Okay? Because they turned myself and my wife into Flash fans. Like, Oh, yeah. Me fans. too. Totally. 
Michael, I may start reading the comics. <laughs> exactly. Brooke actually went so far to buy a Star Lab shirt to rep for the show when we're hitting the convention scene this summer. Nice. <laughs> I never thought that we would live in the world where she'd rep the Flash. Okay? <laughs> well, that's the world I'm living in with this woman right now. And I couldn't be happier. But, you know, all credit goes to Berlanti and Kreisberg. Because these guys are doing it. And they're doing it hardcore. And also, Supergirl is moving over to CW next year as well. So... We're, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more crossover here. That's another thing that blows my mind is how can you do Supergirl and not – I mean I know they say Superman exists. Yes. But how can you fucking do Supergirl and not have Superman anywhere? I mean if I find it really fucking hard to believe that if she finds herself in a huge fucking bind – that fucking Superman is not going to come and fucking help her. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying, but I'm happy that he hasn't, and I'm hoping that he won't. Because I don't want Superman. I want Supergirl. I want Batman. I (laughs) I want Batman, too. I'm with you. I'm not a a big Superman fan. But, I mean, it's just like, it kills me. You know what? Kara Zor-El has actually made me care about the superness of it all. Because she plays... um, She's been playing this role... So, so well. So personal, so human, which is kind of this, weird to say about an alien. And this is actually because of the, the show, best. we've got the Martian Manhunter on TV, too. Wait a minute, the Martian Manhunter. He's, yeah. I've, only seen, I've only seen a little bit of Supergirl. So he shows up. No yes. shit. The Martian Manhunter is on there, man. The Martian nice. Manhunter is on TV. This is the world we fucking live in, bro. That's awesome. Fucking, I mean, so far, I mean, she's the best fucking Supergirl I've seen. This actress. Oh, God, yes. Every other Supergirl I've seen, I did not like. I didn't every like the Supergirl in Smallville. Supergirl. I didn't like the su- any of the cartoon versions of Supergirl. I always thought she was obnoxious and, like, really arrogant. But this one, and I mean, I guess she was kind of supposed to be a little arrogant. But this one, she's not. She's humble. She's, she's more what she's I think Supergirl should be. Yes, yeah, I yeah, agree. She's quirky. Exactly. She's unsure. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It works. She's playing it so well. It works so beautifully. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, man. We're moving into summer, and I'm already excited about the fall. This is where <laughs> I am right now. And on top of that, man, we've more from Berlanti and Kreisberg. We've got fucking Riverdale coming down the pipes. I've never been more excited about Archie in my life. Oh, that's right. That's right. I heard something Archie about Archie with this. a Twin Peaks feel. I yeah. am so excited about this. I get, uh, th- I'm going to leave that there. I'm just going to put that there for you guys and just let you do with that what you will because God knows we're going to be talking a lot about that. Bum. Right, Network, uh, is that going to be on? Oh, that's going to be CW as well. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, CW okay. is turning into the comic book network now, man. Good. Fucking they I'm need fine to be- with it. I'm fine with this. Just keep Supernatural or end it because it probably should have been ended a while ago, but... I yeah. still love it. <laughs> I, it's I'm such, not a fan of that show. I love that show, but at the same time, they started out as 20-somethings, and now they're, like, pushing 40. It, it was it's cute time and boring, and now it's kind of <laughs> getting sad because I don't want to watch a 50-year-old Dean hitting on 18-year-old waitresses. That starts to feel creepy after a while. It's going to be creepy enough with me doing it. I don't want to watch Dean doing it. They're fucking, they're, they're fucking um, angels, right? So... They're not they shouldn't even age. There are angels, angels, but... No, they're not oh. angels. The Winchesters, they're humans, bro. Hmm. So, all right, so let's move away from the... Uh, because we're trying to make this a little bit of a short episode because we're very sorry. We're recording in the middle of the night 
and both of us have to work the next day. So let's move away from the uh, review portion and get on to a little bit of news because there's a few things that I want to touch on. First off, release date for Luke Cage, the next Netflix TV series for Marvel, is in September. And it is confirmed we're going to be getting Jessica Jones sprinkles in this. We're nah. getting some Jessica Jones in there. We're getting some Luke Cage. And next, after that, we're getting Power Man. I'll be happy when we get the uh, Punisher. Not Power Man. Uh, excuse me. Iron Fist. Yeah. Power Man is Luke Cage. What the fuck am I talking about? We're getting Iron Fist. I have Fist. no idea. <laughs> I'll be happy when we get the Punisher. I heard we're getting a Punisher on Netflix, yes. too. Yes. Yes. That is confirmed. We're getting a Punisher TV series. We're Jessica getting... Jones, for me, is meh. Well, that's I don't only know anything about the other guy. Kristen Ritter. Well, and it I mean, all yeah. translates but to Breaking still, Bad for you. Yeah, but still, even even the the show itself, from what I've seen of it, is it's all right. It's hard for me. It's it's a chore for me to want to watch it. That's the thing. And you know and I mean? it shouldn't be like that. I un, I understand what you're saying, but you're down with the Daredevil though. Oh yeah, I loved Daredevil. Um, I was actually surprised because I didn't think I was gonna love Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I never. I hated the fucking movie. I thought. Oh, it was the the shit. movie was abominable. Yeah, and awesome. I mean, I never, I was never really big on the story anyway. But the the fucking series, it fucking surprised me. It goes okay. hard. It yeah, goes I real. I fucking loved it. I like all the fucking pretty much all the actors that are involved in it so far, including and I mean, uh, John Berenthal, isn't that his mm-hmm. name? Uh, plays the Punisher. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, protect him, Rick. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> oh my god! And to see him as the Punisher too, and it was scene, so perfect. And I never thought of it before. And, and that's, in a scene too, dealing out love advice to uh, Matt Murdock. Mm. You gotta kiss her red. You gotta hold her. <laughs> you never let her go red. I was like, more of that. That's the show we need. Oh yeah, totally. Love the advice Punisher's the Punisher. Fucking shit. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Castle. Uh, my boyfriend was cheating on me. What do you think I should do? You gotta hold him, girl. <laughs> you gotta forgive him. Well, what if he continues cheating? You gotta stab him, girl. <laughs> you gotta take out your K bar and stick him in his little small intestine. <laughs> That's right. Damn right. So, and on top of that, on top of uh, I just want to throw out there Frank Castle in this one. Was a fucking Marine. Yes, Goddamn right he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> I've seen him as like a DEA agent or some shit and a whole bunch I've of other different that, shit. But, yeah, I'm oh, pretty sure I, I saw him as... I love that he's a fucking Marine. Guy, I don't know. And also confirmed, Netflix has secured the rights to Ghost Rider. Ooh. If they've done this well, bringing in characters that I didn't know about and now suddenly I love, or I did not care about because of the bad, bad... Bad, bad, bad Ben Affleck movie. And now I am obsessed with it. I cannot wait to see what they do with uh, an intellectual property that Nicolas Cage raped in the mouth. (laughs) I cannot wait to see what they do with this. And I mean that full-heartedly. I'm not making fun of Netflix. I am supporting them because Ghost Rider, a dude on a motorcycle with a flaming skull on his head, is imagery that I want to see anyway. If they're even remotely close... To as good as fucking Daredevil is with fucking Ghost Rider, then mm-hmm. it's gonna be fucking amazing. If you get and us I'm half, just half I'm, of Daredevil, I'm just curious who they're gonna get to play him. I have no idea. I mean, it's been very, very recently. I'm talking within the last three days that the rumors are trickling out. However, sources have confirmed Netflix has the rights to Ghost Rider now. Nice. I'm very happy about this. Oh, Not yeah. only is uh, this happening. 
Netflix also reportedly has the rights to another video game property. Mm. The Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Yes, we were. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda has been bought by Netflix and is going to be turned into a TV series. Now, just in case everybody's like, oh, my God, we get to watch this next year. Hold your horses, all right? They're still looking for writers. I submitted my application and my resume about an hour ago. They're still <laughs> looking for writers. They're very, very, very early in uh, pre-production. As a matter of fact, Nintendo easily could pull the rug out from under us at any time. I mean, we're that early on. And keep in mind, the only other Nintendo property that's ever been turned into live-action anything was the Super Mario Brothers, and we all know what happened there. Oh, yes. But I Netflix been going hard, bro. Netflix oh, yeah. Doing, yeah, they've, they've been doing fucking shit. good job. You know, I mean, I may not love it, but a lot of people love Hemlock Grove, okay? I love Orange is the New Black. You know, they're doing yet another season of Arrested Development. Look what they're doing with the Marvel shit. You know, this is <laughs> Look at the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The Unbreakable <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt. I love that fucking shit. <laughs> I told you to check it out, man. It's a great She's alive, movie. damn it. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> are strong as hell. Oh, I love that shit. It's I, so funny. I knew you would. I knew you would. And guys, if you haven't checked out The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, it, it's written by Tina Fey. It's written by it's Tina Fey. What, what more do you need? Hysterical. What more the, do you need? The theme song alone <laughs> is just epic. <laughs> it, uh, have you finished up the series, both seasons? I haven't finished the series, but I've I've watched like I watched a few episodes. I think I'm like halfway through the first season. Oh, you've got I, more hilarity to come. You've got oh, yeah. more hilarity to come. Fucking so what I'm excited journey. about. Ah, first time on Bath Salts, dear. <laughs> what I'm most excited about right now, though, is the upcoming fucking. The Tick series on fucking Amazon. Yes, I, bitch. We haven't talked about this. I am a massive The Tick fan. I fucking love The Tick, okay? I've read the comic. Not all of them, but I've read the comic. I fucking watched the old cartoon. I had the entire series on DVD. I fucking watched the, the, um, the live-action series, which Fox fucking so stupidly fucking buried because that oh, they shit. Buried it. They tried to kill it immediately. <sighs> It was pure fucking gold. And those stupid fucks put it on at the same time as fucking, like, American Idol or some shit. Well, Fox is so, notorious for killing off all things that we love. Look yeah, it lasted Firefly. six episodes or some shit like that. It was fucking terrible, but it was such a good fucking show. Mm -hmm. And now they're fucking bringing it back, and they're saying it's going to be dark and gritty, but it's still going to maintain the fucking hilariousness that is the tick. Yeah, and that, that's what they've been saying. They're going for a gritty feel, but keeping the hilarity. So you mm -hmm. know what? If, if they go for dark comedy, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the comic, if you've read the comic, I mean, shit. He, when the Tick first arrives in the city, which, yes, by the way, the name of the city is The City. When he fucking arrives in the city, he fucking accidentally kills the city's top superhero and basically takes his place. And it's a total accident. Like, he just fucking, like, I, he accidentally gets him hit by a train. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it works, but it was it's fucking hilarious. And because of that, he becomes the the main protector of the city. But there's so so many fucking directions they, you know, so many more fucking superheroes in that city and fucking oh my the god. Of it's, Mouse, it's American made. Yeah. Arthur. I mean, I honestly I want a tick movie. 
I'm nervous, though, if they decided to do that because, I mean, it seems, especially nowadays, that the, the TV shows are becoming so much better than the movies. Well, you have more time to, di- to dive into the source material. With a movie, well, yeah. you've got what? Between an hour and a half and three well, hours, typically. With a series, my, my you've got you know, 10 to 13 hours, traditionally. Minimum. My examples are Batman v Superman and fucking um, and uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, because mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, I'm using that. Not, I mean, I know there's no Batman or super really Batman or Superman shows right now, but the comic shows that are coming from DC are so much better than that movie was. And that movie was okay. It, it was. Bad. It was. As but, I've said on the show, they tried to make me hate that movie. They, they could have been really so trying. Much they tried to make me hate it. I liked it in spite of itself. But yeah, what they need to do, they need to get. First of all, if they when they do the Batman standalone, when that they're gonna do, I've heard it's definitely it's coming. Yes, they need they need to get uh, fucking Neil Gaiman to write it. They need a comic book writer to write the fucking movie. They need to stop fucking getting these other fucking people who I don't know who the fuck they got for Batman v Superman, but it Max looked Knight. like he was. Oh, oh, well, he actually wrote it. I thought he was. I believe he wrote it as well. Oh, well, anyways, um, you know, he he takes a little bit from all these different comics and then meshes it all together, and it just doesn't really work right. And you're talking and you about for the uh, Batman standalone films? Yeah, at least the first oh. one is being written by Ben Affleck and directed by Ben Affleck. Oh, and starring I don't know how I feel Affleck. about that. I mean, I'm okay with him being Batman. I was, I he, I was he won me surprised over. with that. And you know what? It's he's proven that he's a good writer. Look mm-hmm. at Argo. Yeah. He okay. won me over, so hopefully, hopefully he'll continue. But I mean, ugh. and then I mean, of course we got the Ninja Turtles, which I've I've been raving. The cartoon series is fucking amazing. Mm. If you haven't seen the cartoon series and you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you will fucking like it. Take my fucking word for it. You will like it. I'm certain of it. But the movies, the the first movie sucked. Second movie, we're getting Bebop and Rocksteady. That's all I'm gonna say. We're getting them. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's a consolation prize in my opinion. I mean, right. Hopefully it'll be okay. Fucking Megan Fox ruins it for me. Stephen Amell, I get that. Stephen Amell gives you hope. It yeah, he, he does. He makes me feel things I'm not used to feeling in my body. So, <laughs> he gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, so I mean hopefully it'll be good, but I'm just hoping it's not going to follow the trend, but it's probably going to. Um, but I mean, my point is they need to get the people who are writing the fucking shows and have them do the fucking movies. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, that they've already done that a little bit with some of these other movies. I mean, that's why I loved Sin City so much. Oh, Frank Miller? Love that movie, yeah. Frank and Miller, even, even the second one was was really good. Not as good as Not the as first. Not as good as the first one, but, but it was good. Still, really it's good. definitely good. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, while we're on the uh, subject of movies, I've got some... Um, News that I'm not sure how you're going to take this. Due to the success of Angry Birds, another film has been uh, is being made currently uh, looking for a summer 2017 release. So um, buy your tickets now so that you can go see Fruit Ninja the movie. I actually summer. heard about this. I, I, I'm, I have understand. to say, I have to say, I'm curious. I'm not going to say I'm excited or interested, but I'm I'm curious enough, especially since I have kids, that I'll watch it. The I'm one, sure it's going to be crap, but... The one that makes me curious about is a trilogy of movies that have been optioned. Tetris the movie. How do you do that? 
and not See, just one, my uh, friend. It's a planned trilogy. I don't get it. I what? don't either. What the fuck? I mean, literally, what this is, this is commercialism, commercialism at its fucking worst. This I is, agree. Oh. I completely agree. And you know what? Us being gamers, we have a fucking show called Lords of the Polygon Table. You know, yes, we, we're all purpose. We take care of all geek culture, you know, from games to comics to movies to TV shows. We take care of it all. But we're all gamers here. If you're going to give us a gamer movie, I mean, at least we got Warcraft coming out next yeah. uh, this week. You know, we got Assassin's Creed coming out. Can't you give us Bioshock? Can't give us something that Silent makes Hill? fucking sense at least. Yes. <laughs> a Resident Evil that sticks at least somewhat close to the video game instead of what you did. Mm. Even though they're not all terrible. Give us a I Silent just, Hill movie that's actually good. You know? I don't understand. This is the thing I don't understand. I get it. You take so, you get something. You get something that is wildly fucking popular. Yeah. Millions of people fucking love it. Candy You Christ. have already have a did you just say candy crush yes i will kill you <laughs> <laughs> you already have a fucking storyline for most of these ninja turtles fucking superman and batman all that shit you have storylines in fucking place yes why do you need to fuck with it why can't you? i mean i get okay people have read the comic maybe they don't want to see what they read but honestly most of us do want to see what we read yes we Most do. of us we don't care that we know the story. We yes. want to see it. Yes. And when you fuck with a story, especially if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, mm. you fucking ruin it and you make the fans fucking hate it. Yes. And granted, yeah, maybe you're going to suck in fucking 50 or 20 million fucking tweens, but fucking who gives a shit about them? Your fucking diehard audience. Well, they're tweens. They don't pay for shit. You want to fucking, you want, the diehard audience, the ones that grew up listening to or watching it, fucking reading it, whatever. You yes. want us to fucking love it because the we're, the ones, we're the ones who have jobs and we're the ones who are going to fucking buy right. it. Right. I'm playing devil's advocate. I do. I actually agree with you. And we can point to one thing right now that only came out a couple of months ago and just came out on DVD that proves your theory. Stick to the source material. And what am I talking about? Fucking Deadpool. Stuck to the source material. Exactly. Exactly. It was fucking amazing. I loved that movie. But I bought that movie, and I don't usually buy movies. The same here. I don't usually buy shit anymore. Fair enough. But the, exactly what I predicted on the show would happen is happening. The studios have learned the wrong lesson because Batman v Superman is being re-released this summer before the DVD comes out with it an extra half hour in a movie that was already a half hour too long anyway – to give it an R rating. Now, the upside, the upside, they're putting the scenes with Jenna Maloney back in. And I'm not So we may see the female Robin. We it's might possible. see a female Robin. We, She might end up being Oracle. We don't really know. So I'm interested to see that. But it didn't need to be R. You know? Yeah, Suicide I, Squad I agree. did reshoots to give it the R rating in a movie that should have all, by yeah, all rights, should been be R. R anyway. That should have been an R-rated movie to begin with. The fact and that I'm fine with seeing an R-rated Batman. I'm fine with seeing an R-rated Batman. I and deal I, with that too. I get what you're saying about this. Now, with me personally, I, you're talking to a guy who can sit down and watch the Kenneth Branagh version of Hamlet, which anyone who's not fucking familiar with that, it's four hours long. I and it's Hamlet. It than that. 
No, it's four hours. Oh, and fair it's enough. Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, with okay. all of them in there, so, Fortinbras, everything. Oh yeah, yeah, it is fucking the play. It is word for word on a bridge. The play. Yeah, and fucking, I love it. I mm-hmm. love long movies. I can sit down and watch a four-hour movie. It doesn't bother me. Right. So the length of it doesn't bother me. But what bugs me, I I hate the Henry Cavill Superman. I think he's terrible. I think he's the worst Superman by far out of any of them. Fair I think enough. they should have brought back Brandon Routh. Fair I thought enough. he was fair enough. Because I, he was likable. <laughs> just like uh, with TV series, you know, the reason that I defend those, I agree with you on the lengths of movies. You know what I mean? I have zero issue watching a three-hour movie to a six-hour movie, you know, a mini-series on TV, if you will. Like, Dune, that's the only way that you can do it. The David Lynch mm-hmm. version, interesting, but was not Dune. The yeah. Sci-Fi Channel miniseries that was like six hours long, that was Dune. That was what it should have been. So I agree with you. The problem that I have with the length of movie is when it's three hours long, gratuitously. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, if need it to needs see... to be that long, that's what's. Yes. That's what we didn't need good. to see the Batman origin story again. We did not mm-hmm. need to see that. Absolutely. We didn't need to see several things in that movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for seeing Amy Adams in a bathtub. But did we need it? No. Some of, of us may say yes. See, well, with the Batman origin story, I, I get why they did that. Because they did it so that they could point out that Batman and Superman's mommies both have the same name. So, you know, yes. which, which is the stupidest reason for them to become friends. I oh, know. my God. Wait a minute. I know. Your mom's name is Martha? My mom's name is Martha. OMG, did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> Want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, oh my god, it's it just kills me. I swear to God, I I couldn't even see Ben Affleck under that mask anymore. I could only see Will Ferrell. <laughs> just become best friends. Yup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it it has it has potential it from does. here on out. Yeah, I just hope that they do better. Also, on the uh, note of R-rated movies, then I've got one more thing. Then we got to sign off here. I got one more thing too. So R-rated Wolverine movie. Old Man Logan storyline confirmed. No shit. The third Wolverine movie will be a hard R rating, and it will follow the Old Man Logan storyline. Confirmed. Sweet. So, so he's going to be losing his arm. Yes. Nice. Yes. Which I don't know. I don't know why that's nice, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rock me up a day. What's your last thing that you got? Okay, I wanted to bring up since we're doing reviews, I wanted to do a, a short review of some fan fiction films that I've seen on YouTube. Now, anybody who doesn't watch fan fiction films, this shit can be incredibly fucking rewarding. I mean, for example, something that's been brought up, I don't know if you brought it up in Polygon Table, I know we brought it up in uh, in the Couldn't Be Models, um, the Power Rangers. Oh, we fucking, talked about that a few times. Yeah. That oh, is incredible. fucking incredible. awesome. I mean, holy shit. God, Make the fucking Van movie. And Katie Sackhoff could be in that. <laughs> right? I loved it. Make the fucking movie, okay? I get you're not going to get the Power Rangers rights, but there are so many other shows, or you could just do your own thing and call it something else. Mm-hmm. All of us who watched Power Rangers are going to know what it is. Yeah. Just fucking make it. Make it be fucking. Yeah, it was great. That movie was fuck, or that short film was fucking amazing. Then I saw two more. These were not Power Rangers. The first one I saw was a 15-minute fan film uh, about Harley Quinn. Now, there's spoilers here. It was it was okay at best. What it is is it's like uh, Harley Quinn 
took the mayor fucking uh, captive in his home, held him and his family prisoner, and for uh, you know for ransom. And the ransom was to free the Joker, obviously. Now, here's where it goes fucking shitty, okay? The Joker comes in. He's got a bag over his head. Everybody fucking knows it's the fucking Joker. The only reason he's got a bag over his head is because you're sitting there wondering, what did they make the fucking Joker look like? They take off the bag. He's just a normal fucking guy with long hair. And it was like, what the fuck? He doesn't even look like the Joker. I think his hair may have had a slight tinge of green to it, but that was it. And he didn't have a Joker voice. And he was a big stocky guy. So it was just shit after shit after shit as soon as the Joker arrived. And then the girl who played Harley was good. I'll give you that. She was maybe not the best actor, but she had the voice. And that's important to me. That's my big issue with Suicide Squad is Harley doesn't have the voice. You're talking she about the Harley have, from the Block voice? Oh, the oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The super annoying Mr. J. That shit. Yeah, the Paul Dini version. OG version, I'm fine with the uh, I'm fine with the transition with Harley. It's taken me some time, but that's I've I've got every okay. version I've heard. That's every version I've heard except for this newest one. But I've been hearing girl. some differences lately. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been hearing different versions lately. But oh, yeah. yeah, the Paul Dini version is the one we all know and remember from you know Harley's Inception. Oh, totally. And I think that's you stick to that. You get someone who could do the voice good. You know, someone who looks the part. The girl looks the part, but she doesn't do the voice. But this girl, she does the voice. She looks the part. She's all right. Problem is the Joker fucks it all up. And then she kills the Joker. She shoots him in the fucking head. She she... would not kill the Joker. Not only would she not just not do it, but he wouldn't allow her to fucking do it. That's the whole thing about the Joker. But anyways, moving on to the next one I saw. This was... Uh, it's called Joker Rises, and it's on it's on YouTube. And this is like a full length fucking film, and it's a it's a Joker origin story. It's so, if it wasn't the Joker, it would be fucking great. It would well, not great. It would be good. The story would be great. The acting meh, but fucking the thing was, the Joker he starts out starts out he's a gangster, right? He's a fucking sort of a enforcer type of guy, which. Okay, that's fine. Fucking moves on. Fucking, um, he's working for fucking Oswald Cobblepot. Fucking, they have Croc in there. A guy named Croc, who I imagine is supposed to be Killer Croc. They have a whole bunch of little references to Batman. They even have Batman show up. Now, this is what bothers me. First of all, the fight scenes with Batman were complete shit. They They were terrible. Second thing, the fucking, he kills off, like, all the fucking bad guys. And the Riddler... First of all, his name wasn't Edward Nigma. His name wasn't the Riddler. They called him Ridley and fucking mm. killed him. And he didn't die. He was the only one of the bad guys that didn't fucking die. He cut off his finger. Now, the guy who played the Joker, he was pretty good. He was all right. Fucking, he looked the part once he got the makeup on and everything. Harley Quinn. He meets Harley Quinn before he becomes the Joker. Wrong. Fucking, she dies. Before he becomes the Joker. Now, this is the absolute thing that I hate the most about it. Harley Quinn, if you know the story of Harley Quinn, is a fucking a psychologist who interviews the Joker and then subsequently uh, she eventually falls in love with him and becomes obsessed and fucking basically his plaything. In yeah. this, she's a fucking prostitute who he meets just walking down the street. He meets her and he lights her cigarette and then all of a sudden she's in love with him because he lit her cigarette. And then she gets killed before he becomes the Joker. What the fuck? 
if you're going to do fan fiction, be an actual fucking fan and know the fucking story. Yeah. Okay? That's that's my thing. Yeah. But Let's not reinvent the wheel here. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but my point in this is when you go on, when you go on YouTube and you look at fan fiction stuff, I'm sure a lot of you just pass it by because that's what I used to do. I don't do that anymore. Ever since fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the fucking un- unauthorized movie, I don't do that shit anymore. Because every now and then you find something fucking awesome. Did you watch so, the Darth Maul movie? I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it today. Okay. All right. You'll enjoy it. It's fantastic. I'm sure I will. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for the review on those. And I'm going to leave you with this last piece of information. We all love mashup movies. Freddy versus Jason, Godzilla versus King Kong, and guys, the moments the moment that we've been waiting for is here. The Ring versus the Grudge. What? Kayaku versus what? Sumara. It's happening. How do you fucking even do that? The trailer is up on YouTube right now. It's it's a Japanese movie. It's a Japanese mashup. The worst part of it Well, it's got hope then. The worst part of it, it actually looks pretty good. That's the worst part of this. Well, I'm going to have to fucking watch it now. (laughs) Yeah. And it's in Japanese, too. You could probably find some dubs at this point. But, uh, yeah, so The Ring versus The Grudge is happening. That's that's where we are now. I heard we're going to be getting a new Freddy versus Jason also. I have not heard that, but you've given me an idea of things that I'm going to look up tonight before I drift up into Mm -hmm. Dreamland and... Go to meet Morpheus. Uh, we, need fucking, we need a new Freddy Krueger movie. We need a oh, sequel God, yes. to the abomination that they that they had most recently. Yeah, that they tried to pass off as a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Fuck. Oh, you. my God. Fucking. It, well, I think it, it would have been fine if it wasn't for the fucking people who they had play the kids. Because a lot of people were complaining that, that Freddy was a pedophile. But that's, that was already the implication well, throughout they the said, entire series. They said he was a child murderer, and which is like way worse than being a fucking pedophile. But you know, whatever. But fucking, yeah. I was fine with that. I was like, but okay. The sexual undertones that were littered throughout the entire series yeah, made it, you know that he was a kitty diddler too. Oh yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, it was like. That's, but it, I agree with you. It was it was creepier when it was not explicitly stated. No, see, well, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. I thought it was great like that. I thought that they should have done that. The thing that bothers me was the people who they had for the kids. But I can agree with that. Fucking, what's the motherfucker's name? I know it. The guy who played Freddy. Um, he was he was in Watchmen. He was fucking. Oh, the guy that played Rorschach. Yeah, yeah. I forget his fucking name I now. His name too. He uh, he was fucking amazing. Anyways, Jackie Earl Haley. There he was it fucking, is. There it is. He was fucking the. Perfect Freddy Krueger. He was fucking, not bad. I will give him that. I so I say, that. bring him back and just fucking redo it. Have redo it the whole by a fan. Do an Evil Dead 2 version. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, that's all the time that we have. Until next time, I'm Robbie Palmer. I'm Dickie. And we have just cleared the table. Get away from the table, Dickie. I'm out of here. <laughs>